Welcome to The Real Deal, where God and people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real-life stories and a real God. Hey, let's get started. I'm so excited that you are here today because I am going to interview my friend and author, Tabitha Deller. Tabitha is a wife and a mom and a teacher and a writer of the Bible study called. But I don't want to steal too much of what she's going to say, but here we go. Listen in. Okay, I am so excited to have you here today with me. And Tabitha, I just want people to get to know you. In fact, I'm actually getting to know you a little bit better. And we're going to have a time, I'm hoping, that you can tell people like how we met and how good God is to make our paths cross because I believe it's really part of how he works, that I would even know you. So thank you for coming on. I'm really glad. As fast as you can answer these, just tell me one or the other. I'm going to give you a one or the other thing. Okay, so introvert, extrovert. Extrovert. Coffee, tea coffee. Dog, cat, neither, either. Dog. Morning bird, night owl. Neither in both. <laughs> if that's possible. Like naturally, I'm neither. I, I love sleep, but I really want to be both and I try to be both. So I probably am a better morning person than night owl. Got it. Got it. Naturally you would wake. Be- yeah. Got it. Yeah. Books, movies. Movies. Okay. Uh, Silence, music. Silence. Okay. Leaned in, laid back. Leaned in. Mm -hmm. Driver, passenger. Passenger. Shower or bath? Both. (laughs) (laughs) There's a time and place for both. I agree. I agree. And these questions really are a little bit goofy, but I think it's sometimes, it's amazing to me. Like I may know somebody and wouldn't have known, you know, something about them. Okay. So, you know, what I would love to do is, first of all, I want to know, you know, that this is called the real deal. And I'm hoping that you got to listen. But when I interviewed my dad, we talked about the whole catalyst behind this. He's R.D., Richard Dean, and he always told us to be the real deal. That's the authentic you. And I believe I'm on the planet to encourage, but I'm also on the planet to actually let people know there's no mistake that what God put into you, it's because he's implanting purpose in you and he needs you to be you so that he can use you. Absolutely. Yes. So can you tell me somebody in your journey, in your life, that you really, and we don't need to know them, they don't need to be famous, but that was a real deal for you. Okay. I would probably have to say, and I'm saying this, I know purposefully because that's how God works. Lisa Dore. You know Lisa, and Lisa was our connection. connection. And the reason she's the first one that comes to mind is because we met several years ago, and from the moment I met Lisa, those two words can't real deal. I have never questioned her authenticity. Mm. I've never um, doubted her love for me, her concern, her prayer life for me, all of those things. She truly is the real deal. And I believe it's Christ in her that oozes out to others. She um, sees a need and she meets that need, but she remains so authentically true to how God has wired her. And she's so comfortable in her own skin in order to be the real deal and who God's created her to be. And I know, you know, most of your listeners don't know Lisa because she's so, and that's, that's her personality. She wouldn't want it that way. She's so unassuming like I said, comfortable to be who God has created her to be. And she naturally 
well, supernaturally, <laughs> flowed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. And I would totally agree. And I remember feeling that same thing, like, I have got to be connected to this woman. Like, you know, you usually go somewhere, and if I'm speaking, I feel connection because I'm relational. But there are certain people, I told someone once, it's like you walk through a field, and there's burrs that collect to your pants. Mm-hmm. And when you walk through, those certain ones have stuck. And, you know, that's, my dad told me this is actually how Velcro was invented. The person realized something stuck, and it was the little pieces that stuck to the other part. But she was one of those that I just knew... I have to stay connected to her. Uh, She was so authentic. So let me just ask you a question a little bit further than, it's not just the person who's confident, right? Mm -hmm. Like for you, it's it's not just confidence because somebody could be super confident, but they may not be authentically who they are. Yes, absolutely. And if you asked Lisa if she were confident, she probably would admit that she's not. And that's what I mean by being who she is. You, Rachel, in a way, being who God's created you to be. And, you know, the other guests that you've had on the show, your dad, I thought that was precious the Mm, way he described that. And so, no, it's not a confidence. It's actually, you coined this term, a Godfidence. Yes. Yes. Um, And it's Christ in us that makes us who we are. Purposefully, uniquely created for a reason And in order to accomplish the plans and purposes he has for uniquely us. And that doesn't mean that we all have to be this picture of confidence. But as we know who we are in Christ and we are secure in him, in his love for us, in his acceptance of us, we're able to then take any insecurities and lack of confidence that we have because of what the world has put on us, we're able to put those in their place properly, recognize when they're lies from the enemy, when they are um, not truths, because we've gotten into God's word and we've allowed his truth to replace those lies and to give us that confidence that we need to go forward and be the real deal, be authentically who he's created us to be. I want to release you right now, knowing that you are only boasting in God, only boasting in what he put in. So it's not like this is weird because I think false humility is killing the church because we think we've got to be humble. I want you to tell us who you are. And when you do that, you're giving glory to your creator. So tell us who you are. Tell me something about you. Okay. Well, I am Tabitha Deller and I am a child of God. Hallelujah. First and foremost, I love telling people who I am that I am a Southern born and raised girl. And now I've been transplanted to Pennsylvania and I've been married to my husband for 20 years. And we have four boys, 17, almost 16. He turned 16 this week, 14 and 11. And we're a homeschool family and I love words. I love to write. I'm an author, but I have a degree in math and I, I wanted to be a high school calculus teacher and here I am homeschooling my boys. So I am using that teaching degree and I love to write. I am an author, but I love writing about God's word. So Mm. my heart's desire is to write Bible studies. And that's where um, my words, apart from his words, fall short. So I want to point women to God's word. And so I do believe that he's given me a gift and a calling and a voice to speak into the lives of women. And I have watched that happen um, 
recently through conversations with younger women. I, I mm. hate to admit that I'm crossing <laughs> over here and entering into that older woman, you know, encourage the younger women right. phase, but I am. And I'm so excited about the relationships and the connections that he is making with that younger generation. Yes. I've had opportunities to teach and speak to young moms or to college students and college age is when I first started walking with the Lord. When I first discovered I was saved when I was 10, I asked Jesus into my heart and I knew I wanted to go to heaven. And so I did that for my fire insurance. I did not want to go to the bad place. So I tell everyone that at 10 years old, I wanted to have eternal life, but I had no idea what it meant to have abundant life. Mm. And so fast forward eight years in college when I was 18 and got involved with Campus Crusade for Christ, now known as Crew. Crew. And that is um, the tool that God used in my life to disciple me, to train me up, and to allow me to fall in love with His Word. And that's when things started clicking. I was in college getting a degree in math, but years later, as I became a mom and all that, learned and discovered this love for writing, the encouragement of my husband as well. And right. It's a story in and of itself. And so... Yes. So first and foremost, I'm a child of God. And until I can walk in that, I can't do all those other roles well. All those other roles are a part of me, but they don't define who I am. Correct. That has to define who I am first in order to achieve that confident Godfidence. Yeah. You've, you know, coined that term. I love that. I've shared that with so many people. Oh, praise God. Because they feel like it's prideful or it's arrogant to be confident. And there's a difference in a pride-tied confidence and a grace-based confidence. Oh, that's beautiful. And I believe that the pride-tied confidence is all about us. It is um, in my um, book called, my Bible study that I've written. And we will get there. That's exciting. I talk about that because um, it is about walking into the places God has calling, calling you to go. But... We have to learn to reflect his light. It's not about us shining bright or about us or about elevating us on some platform or some level to accomplish some purpose. It's about building his kingdom, elevating him up so that he can draw all men and women unto him. Right. And he really only has the vessels of those of us who are made in his image. Right. Mm -hmm. So it isn't. It isn't that somehow we're trying to be center stage. It's that we are literally called to reflect him. You know, yes. it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it's one of my favorite verses. And so we with unveiled faces all reflect mm-hmm. the Lord's glory mm-hmm. and we're being transformed into his likeness with mm-hmm. ever increasing glory. So you're actually never diminishing. You're ever increasing right. glory. And then, by the way, it's not us, which comes right. from the father who's the spirit. So it's literally like when you send your kid out to a birthday party. I mean, we used to have pre-talk, like you're going to go over to the birthday party and make sure that you greet the guests. <laughs> and make sure you thank the mom. She's done all sorts of work. And, you know, but what our kids did when they left or did that is they were just reflecting us in in the best way. They were being themselves. Of course, they were the little ambassador of the Inaway home at that point. They were being themselves, but it also reflected upon us. And so there is this tie. I love, everybody, can you tell that Tabitha's good with words? I loved the difference between pride tied and grace based. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I mean, it's tweetable. (laughs) But I don't think that that's what you're after. I don't think you're just after tweetable. I think you're after it'll sink down. So people, there is a big difference between 
tied with pride and gray space. And did I get that right? Is that the... you did? You did, and they, and that's the way the Lord speaks to me. So that's what comes out. I because the teacher in me, yes. you know, likes to know learning styles and what yes. works, what doesn't work. And so he uses repetition. He uses rhyming. Um, I think Lisa Turker says um, sticky statements, sticky statements. You know, yeah. things that stick with you. And so, um, so yes, I'm not rattling these off to, you know, say, oh, I came up with this wonderful thing. God, that's the way God speaks to me. Right. And I think what you said about, you know, the in a way home and the little ambassadors going to this birthday party, that's how he sends us out exactly. every day, these ambassadors to reflect his glory. And so what comes out is what we put in. Yeah. And that's why I'm so passionate about getting women in the word. Right. Because what comes out of them through their speech, through their actions, um, through their attitudes is what they're filling up with on a daily basis. And it's Christ in them that they reflect, but they can't reflect that or overflow that if they're not pouring that in in, in. every day. In. Yeah, that's beautiful. I know that. So tell me where, like you said, it was maybe in college. When did you fall in love with God's word? Mm -hmm. And then there's a difference between, like, I heard this phrase, I wish I could give credit to whoever it was, but that if we are only in the word and we are only studying, so it's all this head stuff, we would dry up. If we're only in the spirit and drinking from the wine of the fruit of the spirit, mm -hmm. we would blow up. But when mm -hmm. we have both, we grow up, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like you need, I believe people need both a salvation experience and an mm -hmm. encounter with the Holy Spirit, literally, because Absolutely. otherwise you're trying to do things on your own and they're striving. But when did you fall in love with the word of God and, and unleash people to, does it have to be three chapters a day? Can it be a verse? Mm -hmm. what, how did God work in that journey mm -hmm. with you? Because it's your journey. Yes, it is. And it was through, um, like I say, Campus Crusade for Christ at the time, crew now, through discipleship. Yeah. I was in a Bible study. And so I had that accountability every week to meet with these women. I think there were about nine of us as freshmen. And we stayed in that same Bible study with different leaders yeah. all four years. Okay. And we would lead groups as we were sophomore juniors. We would lead younger girls through Bible studies. And so I had that accountability. I had someone discipling me. The first was Laura Clayton. And I remember when she invited me to Bible study, she kept calling my dorm room and inviting me to come have coffee with her, come to this thing or yeah. that thing. And, and I only went to get her to Off stop your back. calling me because she just, and she, she sang at our wedding. She has the most infectious smile and personality. She is the life of the party. And I, I, Honestly, it was Laura's love for God mm. and her like ability to just keep at me, just mm. knowing like this is good news and you need to know it. You need to learn about it. So I'm going to just keep knocking at your door, calling your phone until you come discover it for yourself. And I thank, I'm so thankful she didn't give mm. up. And so it was just someone discipling me. And so, no, there's no formula that, you know, three chapters a day or get this reading done. And I know a lot of resources out there, even my Bible study called, break it down into yeah. one. And this is what you do. I wrote called and I have five days of homework and called. And so these resources are just tools, a right. devotional book right. that, that it has reading and scripture and prayer every day. And so God knows how each one of us is wired uniquely and what we need for that day. Yes. It may be a little flip calendar, a verse for that busy mom. You know, he tells us in his word that he's gentle with those who have young. Amen. He's not thinking that you need to get, you know, 
deep theology and that kind of thing. He just wants to give you nuggets of truth and that daily manna to, to sustain you for that day. And so we go through different seasons. In some seasons of our lives, we have time to spend, lengthy time to right. spend in his word. And we can study in great detail and bring out the common yeah. things and, and look at the different um, origins of the words. And then there are other times that we just need that those nuggets. And, and so I believe that God is just so personal and intimate with each of us. And so for me, when I fell in love is when I started spending time with yes. him. And I realized that when my devotional that morning spoke so specifically to what I was going through yes. that day. Yes. And then I was walking to class and I heard a, a song, you know, come on that was the exact message that my mm-hmm. heart needed for that day. Or then I met a friend in the dining hall for lunch and our conversation reflected exactly what I I just, I saw how personally intimate he was. Yes. And that's my heart's desire for women to see how personally intimate God is in his word. And he has messages every single day. And I think that's what you were talking about, the difference between um, the head knowledge and the um, spirit, like knowing his word, but ha- but experiencing it. Yes, and it's both. In chapter six, okay. so called is called to know. And I talk about the difference in that head knowledge, that oida, yeah. um, knowing God and having an awareness of God, yes. knowing he's big and he's overall and he, you know, he, he seems distant. Right. We just have that head knowledge. But there's another Greek word, gnosko, and that word is an experiential knowledge. It's having those moments throughout your day and being able to connect those dots throughout your day to say, wow, God, you loved me enough to orchestrate those things and speak to me personally. And so it's more than awareness. It's an experience. That's so good. So beautiful. And I think that's going to free people, too, because, you know, whatever is true in the natural is true in the spiritual. So let's say... I'm, I'm really busy and I don't have time to sit down and have a meal. I may grab a granola bar on my way and in the mm-hmm. car, I'll eat it. But I still was nourished. Or I may yes. be like, oh, man, I am going to chop up all these vegetables. I'm going to have this great mm-hmm. salad and I sit down and I made my home homemade soup, for goodness sake, and I'll take that in. Or maybe I'll go somewhere and it'll literally be a buffet and we can sit there and choose mm-hmm. from whatever. Or you go to a holiday party or like Christmas and you have a banquet. God's food can be absorbed and taken in at any point in time in whatever yes. measures, right? And we... Yes. We're still nourished. I think it's Bill Johnson, Pastor Bill Johnson, that says, you know, people say, well, I don't remember what I read. I don't know. You know, I don't remember when I walk away from the Bible. I don't remember what I read. And he said, you know, I don't remember what I had three lunches ago, but I know it nourished me. Oh, that's so good. Right? Because I, I literally, good. somebody says, how was your day? And I, I'm like, well, I think it was good. I yeah. can't really remember what we did. So I can't remember what I ate. You know, unless we went out for a special meal or I yeah. went to a restaurant. I don't always remember. Was it a baked potato? But it's still... <laughs> nourishes us. And so I just believe whatever is true in the natural really does teach us of that. And I'm really grateful that you said that it's different between knowing and experiencing. Like I could know everything about you, but we actually got to meet. And so that's different than like a spreadsheet of she's got four boys. She's been married Mm -hmm. this long. You know, she's, you know, lives in Pennsylvania. Now I'm in your car. And we're driving to this speaking event. And you guys, okay, so Lisa Dora is our connection. And Lisa said, let me give you Tabitha's information. So we're sharing your contact on our phone. And to this day, if you call me or text me, which isn't often, but we still just have this precious relationship, it types up Wonder Woman. Because Lisa said this contact is Wonder Woman. And I just didn't change it. I Like down in the notes, I wrote Tabitha Deller. 
But I want you to know that that's part of God's stamp on you. You can take on a lot. You said you're leaned in rather than laid back. That's God's stamp on you. And you should just own it. Like sometimes people try to make us embarrassed for who we are. And it's like, I think it was Jill Briscoe. I read something once. She said she was walking through a shipyard with her dad. And I believe this is a devotional. And there's a line on the side of the boats. And she said, Daddy, why do these ships have this line? Like, why are they painted a certain color down below Mm -hmm. and above? Mm -hmm. And he said, it's the buoyancy point. And literally, the boat should have enough on it so that it's Mm -hmm. not bobbling around, but it shouldn't have so much that it sinks. So it's important. And in her devotional, she talked about how we can't judge other women because maybe they take on a lot, but they are not sinking. And so you go, okay, they're doing great. Or maybe we say, I can't believe this person won't even sign up to make treats. And you you don't realize their boat can't handle a lot. And instead of kind of like shaming someone, just understanding, and I believe that's part of not comparing and not com- competing, but celebrating, celebrating each other's boat. And so you really are Wonder Woman. You can take on a lot. So just for a minute, I'm going to toot your horn, and then I want you to explain. Like, what all do you get done in a day? Because when we were together... Oh when we were together, I was getting out of the car. You had already spoken to these women. You already had like this PowerPoint presentation with all these gorgeous slides and all these quip little phrases. And then you were gone to like go to some other ball game or, I mean, just give me an example. It was, I was like, okay, she is Wonder Woman. Well, okay. So I, I have to back up and give a little backstory. So Wonder Woman came from my husband and my boys. They coined that term for me. And so when, yeah, so when I call, Wonder Woman pops up. Now, my husband is Batman. I'm not sure how he got Batman, but that's what comes up on the phone when he calls, Batman. So, and and they affectionately, they affectionately call me Wonder Woman. And so that's, when I shared my contact with Lisa, that's what's in the phone. And oh, so okay. Got it. But to this day, Lisa will tell you the reason we connected in such a sweet way was because um, she says that I am a go-getter and she's a stay-sitter. Oh, I love it. I love it. She said, and that's totally our personalities. It's totally your personalities. And I think I love that um, that analogy you gave about the boat. God knows what we can handle. Right. And he knows how he's wired us and he knows what he's called us to accomplish in a day. And he knows what's necessary to do that. And so my typical day, yes, I'm a homeschool mom. My boys are 11 years old. Isaac's 11. He's in sixth grade. Nathan is 14. He's in eighth grade. Caleb is almost 16. He is a junior in high school. And Joshua is 17. And he is a freshman in college. And so in a day, you know, we are a homeschool family. But I tell a lot of people we're a mobile school family. Right, so right. As they get older... They're doing so many things outside the home, dual enrollment, co-ops, those kind of things. And so we are constantly on the go. I'm surprised I'm even here to do this interview with you at this time. (laughs) So we have busy schedules. They're all involved in sports, baseball, volleyball. Um, They're all involved in extracurricular activity, Royal Rangers and the youth group. And my 16-year-old produced the um, teaching videos. Yes, for called. And he... Ever since he did that this past summer, he has gotten opportunities to Mm. do more video work. And so he's doing a lot more and and now making the college decision. And and my husband is a um, a structural engineer, and he's busy. He travels a lot, and he mentors some college students. And there's constant activity in our home. 
So, and I teach Bible study and I do, you know, all those things. I do all the things and I keep all the balls in the air. Yeah. But I will say that no, no amount of Wonder Woman strength can get you through a time if you feel that God is saying enough is enough. Right. You're too busy. And so there are seasons of that. And if my family's not on board with something, I have to say no to it. Anytime we're making a decision about something to add to our calendar, our schedule, we have to talk about it and pray about it as a family because no amount of strength in the natural can get you through especially when the casualties are your family, Amen. you know, and so that's just something that, you know, okay, so yes, it looks like I'm busy, but there are definite seasons that I know I'm too busy and I have to say yeah. no to, to things. You know, I just got a picture as you were talking and I don't always hear from the Lord this way, but I just got this picture that, you know, like, let's say somebody's stuck in snow. Maybe that's because we just got dumped on here in Wisconsin, but you literally can try to get your car going. And sometimes the wheel, you know, even if you had snow tires, let's just whatever the analogy is. So, but when the people that are in your car get out and they all start pushing on the back bumper, you know what I mean? And then you're able to go in one direction. You are actually probably able to get out of stuck situations or, or really deep things when you know my family, we're all going together and I'm not like throwing anybody out of the car so I can just take off and do my thing, Mm -hmm. but we're moving together. We have more power together than alone. And God makes us be that way, whether it's community or families or just even the way your son helped you do things, you know, Mm -hmm. he puts us together for a reason. Because you need somebody else's gifts. They need Tabitha's gifts. It's the body. You know, it talks about in in, in the New Testament that really, why would the hand say to the eye, I don't need you? You know, that kind of stuff. It's important. So, okay. So I want to jump. Well, for a second, I want to say, I want you to really own that Wonder Woman and that big boat that you have because God's using it. But I also am just really glad that you pay attention in case you need to say no. Because if we say yes to something, we've actually said no to other things, too. Yes. Yes. And that just, it's really come up lately in conversations as a family that we have to be on board, no pun intended, to whatever we are saying yes to as a family. So it may be my thing or maybe my husband's thing or my son's thing, but we have to, as a family, support one another, pray for one another, know that we are in this together. And that makes it like you were saying earlier in the conversations about little ambassadors. They, um, a lot of things that we're teaching our children. And as a homeschool mom, I think about this a lot because I'm with them a lot is it's more caught than taught. I can talk to them and teach them and say all the right things, but if I'm not doing it and I'm not modeling it to them, what validity does it have? I'm not the real deal if I say one thing and do another. That's why it's so important to be unified and to be on board as a family. And yeah. they have permission. I have given my boys permission to speak into my life. If they're seeing red flags or things that are inconsistent with my character and what I am, I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. They have the permission to say that, hey, mom. Can I talk to you about something? I'm just noticing this. I want to be teachable as well. Right. And so that right. just is really important. That's so good. You know, I was I was thinking as you said that, that really we need to give our kids an avenue to talk to us if we need to be mm-hmm. 
corrected, not corrected, but you know what I mean? Guided or, Hey, this is a blind spot. I don't even think you see that you're becoming anxious or whatever they may Mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I actually did that very well to my kids. I'm I'm not certain I'd have to ask them or grown and gone. (laughs) So, but I do think that it's important to give yourself that freedom to say no to something because scripture says not to be squeezed by the world's mold. Don't be conformed, you know, there's so much of that. We just swim in this water. So we expect we're supposed to do all these things. But if you're a listener right now and you need to say, nope, my kid's not doing this sports this time, maybe next time, but not this season. You're the one that can line item veto anything you want out of your own life. Nobody has to tell you, you have to be involved in certain things. I remember I'm musical. I love to lead worship. I love to do whatever. If I can bring people into God's throne room, I'm just ecstatic about it. So if I'm asked to do that, I would want to, right? But then there's that part of you that, at least in my journey, that becomes that person. So that's the role you play. So you feel like, well, I'm supposed to if they ask me to do it for Bible studies or whatever. But one time I just had to say no. I knew that it was not my season to do that. And I remember saying to the gal that asked me, you know, Debbie, I can't do this. This is when we lived in Minneapolis and the kids were young. I said, I just can't tell my kids, get in the car. We need to go worship. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel Inouye, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to The Real Deal. I love your mantra, don't compare, don't compete, celebrate. Yeah, praise God. And I have used that and spoken that. That's ministered when I've worn the shirt. Good. You know, someone. Yes, tell me about part of the that. Celebrate movement. Thank you. And so it, and it, it just, it does, it invites a conversation, an honest, real deal conversation to say, you be you. Yes. You don't have to make um, excuses. You don't have to explain away. You don't have to go into some lengthy dissertation about why you're not leading worship. All you have to say is, no, it's just not the right time and, or season for us. And I, I love what you said to that mom, you know, that maybe says, that maybe has to make the decision, this isn't the season for this sport. That doesn't mean that next season right. will be better. And and I think we put ourselves in this box to say, oh, I, I've said no to everything. I can't be that way. It's like an all or nothing thing. When, like I said, God's God's made me just more keenly aware of the red flags. Yep. To say right now, today, this is what this child needs. This is what you need to do. And that's daily walking with Christ. That is being sensitive to the Holy Spirit for that day and that moment and, and that's not making these plans for years down the road. Well, I can never, we can never be involved in that sport again. Right, right. It's too busy. Right. No, that for this season, being obedient in the, the small things, I think God can entrust us then with the bigger things in the future. And I think it's just that spiritual discipline to mm-hmm. daily practice it and to test it out, to see if it works for your family. To And, and you may have to, you know, shift things mid mid-season, whatever. And that's fine to give yourself the freedom to to do that, to just celebrate individual differences. Right. Not compare, oh, that family's doing it. So exactly. Do it. Not compete, oh, that person is doing so many things this way, so I've got to up, right, right. My, <laughs> up my game here. No, celebrate. That's awesome that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Encourage that woman. Yep. Encourage that family. But know that what your family needs. And in order to do that, you have to be present. You have to be having conversations 
with your husband, with your kid, kids, and find that out. So kind of take a temperature of the room, so to speak. You know, like how are we doing here? No, I really appreciate that. We should do this together sometime. You should come with me. That was <laughs> that was that was great. People, a little celebrate movement going on by Tabitha. Don't compare. Don't compete. Celebrate. You know, I I also know that there's a promise of God that He will teach us in the way we're supposed to go. It's from Psalm thirty-two eight. I believe it says, "I will not. I might. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel and watch over you." And one of the versions says, "With my loving eye upon you." I just love that. Like. Literally, we can trust that God has the next thing because we're mm-hmm. we're prepared in advance for the things that he mm-hmm. says we're to do. So that means he's already laid out certain things for us. And when we try to do them ourselves, we feel like mm-hmm. we're trying to make our own row. But when we go in his, it's like, oh, I'm stepping into this and then I step into that. And so I want to circle back just a second. I want to go back to called because okay. this is the Bible study that you wrote and it's really taking off and God's I think been precious to you that he has instructed you and t- taught you in the way you should go and it may have been different than what you thought was going to happen in your life or or the avenues that you were taking and you know Tabitha it's not that those were a dead end those mm-hmm. weren't what God had so yes. the circle back part is tell us about called so I like okay. sh- shamelessly don't un- you know tell us about it and then also isn't it interesting that that crew gal kept calling you mm-hmm. you were called and mm-hmm. called and called and called that. and it's like now I, I have goosebumps you are writing called so go ahead and give us the verbs okay. that are in it and okay. an overview and and tell us where it's available and all that sort of okay. stuff too okay well i wrote called in 2014 and that was the year that i felt god put upon my heart to be obedient i get a a word i ask god every year to give me a word to focus on for that year and so in the later part of 2013 i was praying and that word was obedient and so in january of 2014 i felt like the lord wanted me to write this book from start to finish. Now, a little backstory, I had been writing Bible study curriculum for several years for my local church and teaching it to the women in my local church. So called started as um, a little bit of taking some of what I had already written and praying and asking God, what do you want this book to be about? What do you want this Bible study to be about? And, And he actually prepared you. If you think about it in advance okay. for what you do. My husband is a structural engineer. I've told I've said yeah. that. And so and the way the book is structured is so <laughs> it's very purposeful and very unique. And so the first two chapters are introductory. What okay. is a calling and do I have one? And then how do I get past being spiritually paralyzed mm. in order to walk into all the places God is calling me to go. So chapter two is paralyzed by wandering, wavering, and whining. And we okay. look at the, the Israelites. Okay, got that it, chapter. got it. The last two chapters are 3D living, and that three those three Ds are developing a dynamic devotional life. And the last chapter is consistent. How do I consistently yeah. walk this out? And so developing a dynamic devotional life and consistent were both standalone studies that okay. I taught okay. to the ladies. Okay, so now fast forward to, well, rewind to 2014. Now we're in that point of the story I'm writing called. All throughout the year 2014, I I tried to keep this thing that I was doing very personal and private and intimate between my husband, God, and a few close friends that could pray me through this process. Because remember, I'm a math major. I'm not a writer. So what does this look like? So I did have some 
um, suggestions and advice that you should go to this writing conference, you should go do this, you should do that, you should talk to this publisher or this agent. And with every one, I would take it to the Lord in prayer and take it to my husband. And I felt like the Lord was saying, no, I've called you to write this book, not now. It doesn't mean, again, doesn't mean not in a future season, but now I've called you to write a book. I want you to be obedient in this first step. He knows that I'm a starter and not a finisher. He is a faithful finisher. He's a, yes. He saw me through. So November of 2014, I typed that last word of the book and I said, okay, God, now what? And this was the beautiful part. So we're in 2019 and the book has just been published in 2018. So that's four years in between finishing writing it and getting it published. And a lot has transpired in those four years. I did meet with publishers and agents and I did go to that conference and I have done those things, but God has been very specific in each step of this process. The first step was your husband is to read it cover to cover. That took a year. Okay. Not that he's a slow reader. No. Well, <laughs> you guys are Wonder Woman and Batman, and so he like has life to do too. He to emerge from the Batcave, but <laughs> we were in a season of transition, and it took literally a year for him to read it. Now, again, he's a structural engineer yeah. and he is very analytical, and so when we when he started reading the book, it was not just a um, light reading. Let me read this on a Sunday afternoon. We would go to coffee shops, Panera, different places, and sit across from one another with our laptops. He would read a chapter, and we would edit. And let me tell you, we would read chapter by chapter, one chapter each. And he would edit that chapter. And there were thousands of edits that he made. So he was my first editor. But he was my sounding board. He held me accountable to some things that I was saying in the book. He'd say, you know, honey, I think I I love your passion and what you're saying in this sentence or this paragraph, but you got to remember, you don't have a degree in theology. (laughs) So, so it's your opinion. So let's reword it. Let's talk about it from a personal experience standpoint. And so he would just, he protected me. And I knew that that was the first step that I had to take. He was the first set of eyes to read it. Yeah. And so after that, then I was able to take some other steps and they were some crazy steps and I won't go into all the details now, but there were just times that I felt God nudging me to do something. God and I have these conversations and I would be like, God, are you sure you want me to do that? And he would confirm it and and remind me, yes, I want you to do that. I will tell this quickly. One of those steps was to write a letter and send the manuscript to three people. And it was because God knows how I'm wired. And I was asking for next steps. What's next? My husband's read it. You know, my... I think I I was with you. I think we were in your car and you had... I think you had the people, I think, maybe the three people that you were getting ready to send it out to, like the full manuscript, I believe. Yeah. And, and that was the stage where it was like, I don't know what's going to happen to these. I actually may get shut down. Somebody say, well, whatever. But you knew if your word yeah. was obedience yeah. that year that you knew yeah. right now, that was the next step. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm like, no, I'm like feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm in this story. Yes, Love it. I have a copy of that spiral yep. bound manuscript yep. that I was holding dear and waiting for next steps. 
And so I, I will tell that story briefly. I had this conversation with God and I said, okay, God, what next? And he said, what would you do with any decision that you needed to make? And I was like, well, I'd probably go to my husband and I'd probably ask girlfriends and just some wise counsel, some mentors. And he said, okay, so who are your writing mentors? Who do you look up to in this field of writing yeah. Bible studies? Yeah. Um, who do you look up to? And they were no brainers. It was Lisa Turkhurst, Beth Moore, and Ann Boskamp. If yeah. I could mesh the three of them in Beth's just knowledge of the word and hunger to study it, and Lisa's storytelling and just the way she's able to connect with her readers, and then Ann's flowery, poetic way she's able to connect at a heart level with her audience, I, I was like, those are the three yeah. no brainers. And so those were the three that I wrote a letter to and I sent the manuscript to. Right. And some people could say, that is so silly. Like, why would you even do that? They don't have time for you. Well, yeah. let me tell you, hindsight is twenty twenty, And God had me do that step of obedience, not for a response from them. I did get a response from all three. Yeah. And they were all beautiful responses. We're praying for you. We encourage you. Yeah. Anne actually connected me with her agent at the time. I had a conversation with him. Okay. So each one of those were very um, specific and God ordained steps that I needed to take. But I went into the UPS store. I took those three stacks of paper into the local UPS store and asked them to spiral but, bind yep, it for me yep. so that I could mail it to these ladies. Went over to the grocery store just next door while they were doing that, came back, walked in, and the lady behind the counter, her face was white. It, her name was Kim. Kim said, I am so sorry. I was binding calendars before you walked in the store. And so I bound your books at the top instead of down the spine, oh. like a book should be bound. And you know, I was so laid back about it and yeah. knew that I was just doing what God, I was like, it's fine, Kim. I, I'll send them like this. It's yeah. not a big deal. Well, the owner of the UPS store comes around from behind the counter and she said, no, we are going to make this right for you. I'm going to reprint all three in better quality because she could tell I did the quick printer at home. She says, I'm going to print all three of these in better quality and bind them for you at no charge. And she stood there at the printer printing these copies and the tears started flowing. Yeah. And I said, Tara, what? why are you crying? And she said, my husband is at Johns Hopkins right now going through cancer treatments. What is this book about? She was just getting glimpses yeah. of what it was about. And so I had a conversation with her right there in the UPS store. I told her that it was about Bible study. I told her that God loved her, had a plan for her life. And I was able to share the gospel right there in the UPS store with Tara. Now, fast forward, that was, that was November of 2015. And in August of 2016, Tara's husband, Keith, passed away. He did die. And Tara is now a widow, no children. But Tara and I still get together for lunch. And I still pop my head into the UPS store quite often and check in on her and pray with her and believe God for big things yes. in her life. And so printing that manuscript and mailing it to those three women had nothing to do with those three women's responses. It had everything to do for that divine appointment. With Tara. It had everything to do with meeting Tara yep. that day. And so that's what I mean by this journey and yes. writing called. And so 
fast forward now called, um, that was 2015 that I did that step. I went to a, a conference. I did meet with publishers and, and agents and I got rejected. And now I see that that rejection was God's protection to keep me the real deal, to keep me authentically Tabitha Deller. I was not Beth Moore. I was, I am not Beth yeah, Moore, yeah, yeah. Lisa Turkhurst or Ann Voskamp. And so selfishly, maybe I was wanting to be something yeah. that God didn't want me to be. Yeah, that's he good. That's good. Be. That's good. Because we can yeah. learn from somebody, but and yeah. they're out there, yes. but we can't be them because yes. God already has them. Exactly. And so that's covered, right? And so exactly. it's like, it freed you to be you. It freed me to be me. And so I had to go through those those years of waiting. And my word, one, I think it was 2015, was wait. I struggled with God with that word. I said, God, that is so inactive. And he said, no, wait is just an acronym for watch, anticipate, invest, and trust. I love watch it. me working around you. Anticipate that I'm going to do something. When you wait for something, you're waiting on something. You're not waiting on nothing. You know God's going to move. Amen. It's just in his timing. And invest. Invest in the lives I've put around you. Invest in those growing boys that are still young. Yes. And invest in, in young women that are going to come to you for advice and that kind of thing. Hallelujah. And, and then trust me. Trust me with this process. Trust me with my timing. And so I did. I waited. And so. And anticipate. Was that A? Anticipate? anticipate. Because yeah, actually anticipate. it's like. It's it's an act. It's active, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because waiting is like, waiting like is it'll never happen. Or wait, no. oh, it's almost like, yes. you know, like when I, I ran track in high school and you're in the blocks, but you are anticipating that gun is going to go off. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a hopeful like sense of yes. ah, this is yes. good. And to be prepared yes. in the season. What are we doing to invest and to pour in and to be prepared when that gun goes off and we're ready to race? And so it just. Everything about writing this Bible study and publishing it has been so timely. And so I did publish it. I, I, Yay, I, I celebrate. Yes. You know what? I want you to know I celebrate you for doing that. Aww. I also celebrate you for taking it to the Kinko's or the UPS thing. <laughs> yes. Because I think what happens sometimes, and I'm learning this. I just heard somebody speak the other day. We need to celebrate our stages, not just perfection, or we need to celebrate oh, along the way because, you know, yes. that's God. The, and yeah. I, I was meeting with a friend the other day and she's telling me, you know, I only wrote this blog and I only write blogs now. And then I said, Hey, can we flip that? Yeah. I actually wrote a blog post. Yeah. Why are you letting your failure to not produce as much as you want instead of, mm-hmm. I actually wrote a blog post. So yes. I think it's beautiful, Tabitha, and I am celebrating with you, but the stages as well. Oh, yeah. And it, it and just so personally unique. The publishing company that I went with is a partnership publisher, Christian Faith Publishing. And my son, my 11-year-old son, we were getting ready to go on a um, just a date, the two yeah. of us. And I was back in my bathroom getting ready. And he comes running in. And he had paused the TV on the DVR. He said, yeah. Mom, you have to come see this commercial. And it was a an infomercial, cheesy infomercial for this for this Christian faith publishing. You know, are you a Christian author? Do you want to get published? Well, yeah, I've raised my hand. I've been trying for four years now. But God's timing in that. I took that away. I contacted this company. I sent them my manuscript. I got a contract. I actually sat on the contract for another year praying about it, waiting, um, because it was an, it was more investment financially, yep. time, all of those things. And so it was actually Christmas of 2017 that my husband gave me a letter board and I opened the, the present and it said, publish your book. And that was his 
green light, his covering again, his protection over me to say, it's time. The gun's going off, time to run that race, time to do this. And so that was 2018 was the year of publishing and getting it out there. And now just Bible study starting. And so the book called is all about walking in this. I I talked about the first two chapters, last two chapters, but the middle six chapters are these verbs called to need, to be, to see, to know, to grow, and to sow. And I believe that those are stepping stones into the places God is calling each of us to go. And so I believe that it is a women's Bible study. And I believe that every woman is called to do those six things on a daily basis in order to walk into all those places God is calling her to go. Yeah. And so just like my story is personal, it's unique, yes, but I wouldn't have been able to authentically walk into the places God was calling me to go at each step and season yeah. and, and the way he had wired me to do it if he had not taken me through those teachable moments and those lessons of getting my eyes off this and don't do it this way and and keeping those blinders on to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith and finisher. Remember I said I was a starter and not a finisher. He's been a faithful finisher to complete this process. And I don't even believe it's completed. There's more. Now my word for 2019 is connect and I'm watching him. Yeah connect divine dots yep. of opportunities to yep. continue to share his love and this message of called, but there's other things stirring now. And I believe he is using this Bible study in individual groups. It's on college campuses, it's in churches, homes, and I believe he's using it to rally th- these women to know and to be free of comparison and competing and to be able to celebrate Hallelujah. the race that God has called them to run for such a time as this, authentically being the real deal. Amen. Amen. That's so good. Really? Because if we're going to go ahead of anybody, we hope that we're going ahead and that they are now sort of like commissioned to start going. Whereas if we hadn't done whatever God calls each of us to do, then then nobody else is free to do what they're supposed to do. So it's almost like we get in ranks and we start yeah. then moving forward, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. beautiful. Oh, it's so good. That's really yeah. good. Aren't you excited? You know, I, know. I was actually going to ask you, I, I jotted down a note to make sure I knew what your word for 2019 is, but it's connect. It's connect. And I'm just watching him. He, he dropped that word in my heart and he said, connect with me first so you can connect with others best. And that's the message of call. Yep. It's connecting with God first, being in his word every day, being called, answering the call, need, be, see, know, grow, and sow. So then you can connect with others and you can continue to walk into those bigger places. We just, that's the heart of called is stop chasing dreams and start following the dream giver. Get our eyes off of this grandiose big thing, this calling that's elusive and out there and and how do you know if you got to it, right? Instead of, you know, the one who called you to it. Yeah. And we're not even promised tomorrow. So get busy today getting into his word because yeah. we don't have time to wait for that big thing. We're, there's big things in the small things, yeah. in the mundane yeah. every single day. I think it's so good. I give a talk that has to do with looking back with gratitude and looking forward with faith. But in that, we can look back with gratitude so that we don't freak out, but we look forward with faith because when we look back, we see his faithfulness and we're ready to go forward. But those two things can also paralyze us. A lot of people are 
looking back and they're tied to their past. They're looking forward and they've got a spirit of dread. And really, we only have right now. So it's really every day is a present. And then the next day is the present. And the next day is the present. We really don't have future or past. You get what I'm saying? We just have the present and it's repeated. The next day is the present. And so that's really good. That's really good. I want you to know that I personally just honor who you are, that your heart is to connect women. And Tabitha, I felt connected to you right away. I'm a relational person, so I kind of feel that way anyway, unless somebody hands me a note that says, I really don't want to deal with you. (laughs) You're too much for me. You speak too quickly or whatever. I I really felt connection, and I think you carry that. Does that make sense? So as you go forward, know that you carry connection, and that's part of God's calling on you. So you're not just asking women to be in this study. You carry connection. And then for them, their study will be able to be connected. Because mm-hmm. Paul imparted things to people. He said, I'm coming to you so that I may impart this to you. Yes. And I often say, you know, I can't give you $5 if you say, hey, you got five bucks if I don't have $5 with me. But if I have it and you ask for it or you want it or hungry for it in any way, I can give it to you. I believe we are more disconnected than ever although we have more avenues for connection than ever. I mean, whether it's text messages or emails or Facebook or whatever, we have more ways to be connected, but people Mm -hmm. are more disconnected. And so called is calling people to connection with God Mm -hmm. and with each other, Mm -hmm. and you carry that. So it's different than you just publishing something that came off the press, but you're very disconnected. Do you see what I mean? And so I just prophesy God is actually going to use you in more connection than you could have ever imagined because he wants it to be that web of, I'm just getting all, yeah, it's exciting. (laughs) Thank you so much. Like you just are confirming so much that God is already speaking to my heart and he's just showing me, like I said, hindsight, he's showing me, you know, I'm right here. I'm being faithful in every step of this journey. Looking back on all of this, it's just exciting to see that he has kept me authentically me. And I'm not saying that again in a prideful way. No, I I had to do these hard lessons to learn. But when I'm sitting across the table, uh, you know, having coffee with a, a young mom, he knows he's wired me for connection, face-to-face connection. Yep. And so, like you said, if it had been a way that I was disconnected and I couldn't connect with my audience. So these publishers and agents were telling me, you know, you got to build your platform. you got to do Oh, that. I've heard it. He I've knows. heard it. I've heard it. He knows. He knows how he's wired me. And, and I'm a relational, just like you, a face-to-face. And so he knows that in order for it to be authentically real and for him to use it the way he's purposed it, yep. I have to remain true to me. Yep. And that's okay because I'm Tabitha Deller and I'm not Beth Moore and I'm not Lisa Turkhurst and I'm not Ann Bosky. And I love all three of them. Hallelujah. Amazing women of God. And God is using them and blessing their ministry. And I speak life over their ministry that's right. as well. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ that we all get to use all our different giftings, all our different, like I said, the thing about each one of those that I loved and I connected with We each get to do that. Your magnetic personality, Rachel, to just, Mm -hmm. you know, that mantra to encourage women that we are here to celebrate and do these things that God has called us to do. And so we got to stop comparing, competing. We celebrated Lisa Dore and her personality (laughs) and her uniqueness. And I just love that we are all who God's created us to be. Yeah. Real deal. And yeah. I love this podcast. I love that you're speaking this into women, into men, whoever li- is listening. Yeah. You know, that we can be exactly who God has created us to be. And we will accomplish far more for the kingdom of God when we stay in our lane and we are who we've been created to be uniquely. I, I know that I'm... um. 
Well, I just give this to you as a thought of praying for me in advance, but I really do believe I have an online course that God downloaded. And one of the sections is stay in your lane because I ran track, you know, I was yeah, actually pretty yeah. fast. I was a hurdler, but you have to stay in your lane. If you go over into the other lane, you can get disqualified. If you drop yeah. the baton in the other lane, you're really in trouble, you know, that kind of thing. But it's so freeing when you stay in your lane because yeah. you're running your race, you're running your race to the best of your ability, but you're yeah. not always a, too aware of the other lanes, right? So you yeah. stay in your lane and it, it's really, really, not only is it freeing, I think we we get our own momentum, if that makes sense. God gives us our own momentum. Mm -hmm. And then we go, okay, God, you're making me do this. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a really, really great thing. So yeah, to be the real deal, first of all, I want to go back and let's just say a little bit about the first time we met and we got to go to Hershey together because you had a speaking engagement in Pennsylvania. And I even remember wanting you to hold your book so we could take your picture. (laughs) And what I love though, it's not like, I, I don't want to get credit for this, but I wanted you to step into like, I'm at this event. Do you know what I mean? And celebrate yes. that. Yes. Like I'm at this event and we're going to take the picture and you're going to see the yes. name of the church. And, and I said, Tabitha, stand there. Because honestly, Tabitha, there was years where I couldn't get past that mm. because I had a sense that that would make me something. And then that can't be done because that's not a humble person. Mm. And once I figured out, no, 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 I am actually giving glory to my king. And yeah. anytime he, people say something to me, I will then run to him and say, you know what they said, God? They said this, Papa God, I want to tell you, thank you mm. for this. Because this compliment actually goes to you yes. instead of like, yes. well, I didn't really do it. And false humility, like, oh, nothing. So I yeah. make you stand out there. We get this picture. Then when we're in the church, you're holding called and I'm holding lily pads and our sweet friend Lisa Dora is holding every little detail. Yes, yes. Later we look <laughs> and every little detail, her book is upside down. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I just oh think goodness. it's so funny. And I had to Facebook or tease her like, well, is this funny that we missed the every little detail to get your book turned right side up? But It was a sweet morning. It was a very sweet morning. And I think we just had time to celebrate our, you know, unique callings and and the, and our books and the way they were uniquely us. Yeah. And I remember Lisa very early on in our relationship because we were writing buddies first as we were writing journey together. And, you know, she said that God told her, you know, do you want to be a published author or do you want to tell your story? And that's what every little detail is. It's her testimony. And yep. it's a powerful testimony yep. of how she met the Lord. And it's uniquely Lisa Dore. And so I just encourage everybody to go out and get Lisa Dore's book. That's every right. Every little detail. Every little detail <laughs> by Lisa Dore. Yes. Because if you don't know that God can radically yes. encounter someone and change their life, oh, like some yeah. of us, our life was, I learned about him in children's church, or I came to him in Bible school or VBS program, vacation Bible school, whatever. And he's led me all the way. Amen. Or somebody it's like radically changed. Her life was different and baptism in a bathtub and the whole deal. So yeah, you should check out every little detail. Lisa's going to listen to this. So I just hope that she knows that I really was impacted by the power of her prayer. She's a prayer warrior. And I was like, Lord God, I need to know this woman and she needs to pray for my ministry and me. It's like, she's first string, you know, like I got to get her on my team. And we went to a little Chinese restaurant place there in Pennsylvania. And she just looked at me and she said, Rachel, you should mark out on your calendar that you're not available on Thursdays or pick whatever. And that's when you should blog. Cause I was telling her, I really feel God calling me to do this. I don't love, love, love to write, 
but it's one form of communication. And so I feel called to communicate. And she said, oh, you just need to mark it off. And seriously, that one time in a restaurant with Lisa Dork, it was sort of authoritative, but it was also just guidance. Mm -hmm. Like, just mark it out. And so I guess the reason I'm saying that is, number one, I'm thankful to her. Number two, you said you're at this stage where you know you're a little older and you have this advice to impart to somebody. We need to be able to do that to people because we don't know that that could be the linchpin that changes something. Something for the better. Tell me, how can people find you, like your website, and give me the information about called. But also, I just really believe, um, I want to read a promise. And it's, though you stumble, you will not fall. Mm -hmm. And I don't really think you stumbled. But you know what I mean? There was that part in your journey Mm -hmm. that people Mm -hmm. need to hear this. There's a promise of God that though you stumble, you will not fall. And Tabitha, I grabbed this promise before we even had this conversation. So I think it's just interesting. It's from Psalm 37, 23 and 24. If the Lord delights in a man's way. He makes his steps firm. Mm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Mm. And I think your story of called, but not just called, but your life, is Mm. that even if you don't always know exactly what's next, God's got us by his hand. Yes. And he's leading us. And so have you been blessed by anything you're reading? Is there something in scripture or another book that you want to plug? Or what are you reading? And then how can people find you? Right now, probably, well, I'm actually rereading Called. Yes. <laughs> because I'm teaching it online right okay. now, and I'm also preparing to teach it at my church again. So I'm pouring back into it. So reading these words again, years later, take on a whole new meaning. Yep. And so I was at a different season in yep. life stage at that point when I was writing it. And so there's so much more that's still being shared. I was just in the online Bible study group. This past weekend, we're in week three called To Need, and I tell a story in the book about a friendship of mine that went through a transition, and this friend moved to Texas. We were really close. We had been BFFs for 11 years. We had raised our kids together, and then God moved her to Texas, and I talk about that transition and our friendship in the book. D, my friend, is now back in Pennsylvania, has moved back. God has called them back, called her husband into full-time ministry. They are pastors at a church, and she is back now. So we just did Facebook Live in that called online Bible study, telling the rest of the story. Because the readers only get the first half of the story. And we had to talk about some really hard things, that transitions and friendships and answering the call to need is is hard at times. We do go through different seasons and all of that, and it takes work, and it takes putting God first, and it takes not being selfish in our relationships and that kind of thing. So it was just a beautiful thing to be able to tell the rest of the story. So I'm rereading Called right now, and it's it's been amazing to prepare um, to teach these um, Bible studies online, in person, and all that. And so listeners get a copy of the book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes. You can check out the links on my website, tabithadeller.com, and there are links there to purchase the book, but there are also links to those free teaching videos that just are additional, just to accompany the Bible study. They're not necessary. You could get everything from the Bible study just from the the book itself, but those teaching videos are available. And there are groups, like I said, going through the study now that are using those. They're each 10 to 15 minutes, and they give the answers to the the fill-in-the-blanks. The Bible study is structured that there is the chapter, there is a main points and key scriptures page, and then there are five days of homework, and then the next chapter 
and main and so that main points and key scripture page that's sandwiched in between the chapter and the homework pages those answers to the fill in the blanks are revealed in those teaching videos yeah. but also they're at the back of the book if okay. someone doesn't want okay. um, to go through those videos so yeah well, it's really pretty comprehensive, and I love it. And it has the touches of Tabitha Deller, and it has the touches of a structural engineer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Whereas I say to people, I wrote this thing called Lily Pads, and you can read Chapter 3, then you can read Chapter 19. If you want to end with Chapter 31, go ahead. If you want to do one every day of the month, it's got 31. That was pur not purposeful at all. That's God. And there's nothing about this brain that works in sequential order. And when I say that, I think people are alarmed. But see, that's the real deal. I'm just telling you, my brain does not work sequentially. And so when I go, I will not give handouts to people with an outline. Because if I do that, then I feel strapped to the outline and they feel frustrated with the speaker because they're like, wait a minute, she's on D. Wait a minute, she's on E. And I just say, hey, my name's at the top. The title's at the top. Take notes how you want. And see, that's not really an excuse. It used to feel like an excuse for what was perceived to me as laziness or not really preparing. And I have broken that lie off of me because it's literally embracing who I am and saying, hey, listen, I'm gonna give you some scriptures. I'm gonna tell you some stories, but I have to be me. And so if I felt um, like I was constrained by needing to do that, then I shouldn't do that because now I'm not being who God called me to be. And I can't be his mouthpiece when I'm worried about being his outline person. You know what I mean? Yes. So yes. anyway, I just, I think it's fun that I celebrate that called is very structural, <laughs> but they're also different books. They're also different books. You know, I would say devotionally, maybe lily pads falls into a devotional thing, or maybe it's more just, by the way, God's always speaking. So be aware of he'll speak to you the way you listen, whether it's through your sight and your eye gate or whether it's your ear gate or whether it's an experience, he's speaking. That's why I wrote lily pads, but it's different than equipping people in a discipleship. So the books have different reasons. To, and Lisa's is a testimony book, you know. Yes, yes. And I just, yeah. And they're all resources. They're all tools that God uses. And that's the beauty of it. I love that. If you tried to put Rachel in a way in an outline conformed box and, and like that, but you know what I mean? Your message would not authentically trans, translate to those hearts that are listening. It wouldn't. You have to be Rachel. Right. And, and I think people sniff it out, right? They sniff it out right away. Like, oh sums goodness. up. Yeah. Sums up with this. Like, it's like wrong with this woman? She yeah, it's like when, you know, we eat plant-based, right? And I'm not like on a soapbox about it. But like, I like to eat plant-based things that are plant-based rather than it was trying to be meat. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Because it's like you taste it and you're like, well, what is this? But it sort of is that thing. If you're trying to be someone else or you're not, you're not authentically you, you're not the real deal. People spy it out, they sniff it out. And actually it's similar to in scripture when David is getting on Saul's army because he's got to go fight Goliath and that's yes. what Saul told him to do. Yes. And he's putting it all on and he's got the chain mail, he's got the sword, he's got the big spear, whatever it is. And he's like, one version says, I, I'm not used to these. Yeah. Like I'm not yeah. comfortable with this. And we do know God stretches us beyond and we can right. be pulled into right. different things that we're not used to. But basically he was saying, this isn't my deal. Yeah. I got to shed this and I got five smooth stones and a slingshot. Let's go. Don't Let's defy my go. God, yes. you know? Yes. Yes. So, all right. I yes. celebrate you. I think you're fabulous. And I want you to know there was a day, I'm just going to be really authentic. We can keep this in here or not. Um, there was a day when I was on my walk and Tabitha, this 
interview is getting past lies. I'm telling you why. I was on my walk and the enemy tried to get me um, to be frustrated with you. How can I be frustrated with you? I don't even really know you very well. And it was like, you're not doing as much as her with called and la, la, la. You know, and, uh, you know, why does she? It was like, and I literally remember where I was in my journey on my little walk. And I said, no. Yeah. I, right now, I'm going to pray for Tabitha. I'm going to pray for called. I ask God for you to open up doors in her life because it was like this comparison thing was going to try to trap me and to try to poison our relationship, which is like weird. I'm just being really honest. And I had to go, I had to go speak in the next few days. I said, you guys, I want you to know, I'm telling you this, but it still can happen to me. Yeah. And I want you to know what I had to do. I had to celebrate because it's the only antidote I know to not yes. comparing yourself and not competing with somebody like, well, she's doing this and now I need to do that. It's so yeah. liberating. And, and so yeah. here, you know, I'm telling them and they wouldn't know you, but I just need you to know that I bless you and I celebrate you. And I feel so grateful that you would even take your time to do this Aww. because I think together is better than alone. And yes. we will just build each other up and yes. we'll build other people up when we do that. So yes. I'm grateful. And I bless yes. you. I don't have one ounce of jealousy. The enemy tried to get it. It was weird. Yes. And yes. I remember going, do you know what I mean? When he messes with your mind yes. a little bit. And I'm like, yes. what? No. No. So just being real. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I just want to speak to you that you have been, whether the you know that happened on the walk or not, you have been such an encouragement to me. Like, I cannot tell you how much life you have spoken into yeah. me throughout the years. And just, yes, you have. I just want to put wind in your sails, girl. And and I remember that day of feeling a little intimidated that Rachel Inouye is going to get in my car and go to the speaking event and sit out there and listen to me. And I, you know, like we yeah. had just met, you know, I kind of Googled you to see a little yeah. bit about you, you know, like, who is this woman? But I just remember, like, as soon as I met you, all that fell off. Hallelujah. I, I mean, I felt you, the same you way. had a countenance and a peace about you and the Holy Spirit all over you that I, I couldn't be uncomfortable. I could not be intimidated or uncomfortable in your presence because you just encouraged, spoke life. I felt like we were just girlfriends spending the day yep. together, that yep. we had known each other. And, yep. and that's how you've continued in our FaceTime Praise chats God. and our emails and encouragement and all of that, just speaking life and blessing over yeah. everything. And I just thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. And I thank you. And I'm on your team, girl. I read your emails when they come. And, you know, people, if you get on Tabitha's email list or if you email me your list, that we need teams around us. We are not just out there doing our thing. We need teams, but we also need people to come along with us because I believe yes. we carry a message, you know, and so yes. it's freeing more people. So would you just pray over who the listeners yes. may be and then let me pray, pray over you. Yes. I love you, yes. dear. Okay. All right. Father, I just pray that every listener, man or woman, would be free of the lies that the enemy tries to speak to their hearts, Lord, that they're not good enough or smart enough or they're not like this person or that person, Lord. I pray against comparison trap, and I pray that the chains of competition would fall off Hallelujah. in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I do pray that they would be able to celebrate the person God has made them to be. 
Lord, I pray that you would start to reveal to them things about them, themselves that they didn't even know yet, Lord. Would you speak that and impart that through other people in their lives, speaking things to them? Would you impart that through your word, speaking things to them or through your Holy Spirit, God? But I just pray blessing upon blessing as these men and women step out in faith to be the real deal, to take those little steps of obedience, Lord, those little stepping stones, walking them into all the places as you're calling them to go, Lord. I pray that it starts with them finding a confidence, a confidence hmm. in who they are in Christ alone, not who they are in what this person thinks about them or what this person said or yeah. what happened two years ago or five years ago or what they might be two years from now, right here and now. God, right in this very moment, as he or she is listening to my voice, God, would you impart truth by the power of your Holy Spirit that they would rise up above the lies and believe the truth of your word and that truth would set them free to be the real deal. We pray blessing upon blessing over them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And God, I, I just thank you for this time together today. I thank you for this podcast and this ability to have Tabitha on the other end. I thank you that we live in a place and a time with technology where we can be in completely separate states, but we can have a conversation. Thank you that you designed me for this day and not the covered wagon days, Lord. I'm just grateful. And I thank you for Tabitha's life. I thank you for the things that you've brought her through. I thank you for her homeschooling. I thank you for her long-term marriage. I thank you that she really does take on a lot, God, but she's really aware of your spirit. So I just bless her right now in Jesus' name. I bless her marriage. I bless her influence. I bless her boys. I pray that they would be mighty men of valor. I pray mm -hmm. that they would each rise up and do what they are called to do and that you would call them yeah. into kingdom purposes in really big mm -hmm. ways. That she would know when she's making a sandwich for somebody or whether she's driving somebody to the volleyball game, she's investing in a world changer. So Lord, give her purpose in that. Give her purpose in called. I pray over called. I pray that every person who gets the study, Lord, would find your word sweet like honey from the honeycomb they would want to return to it. There would never be drudgery over it. It would be like, I can't wait to open my called book. I can't wait to open my Bible. I pray for connection, Lord. I pray that people who are aching for someone to know them, for someone to see into their life. They're lonely, God. I pray that they would find a group. They would be in a group. And I pray they would be the real deal because that's when we form. So I pray for authenticity and vulnerability as they're in called, Lord. I pray that they would never fill in the blank with the easy answer, but the answer of what God's doing in their heart mm, and yes. that they really would be called into what you mm. want them to be. So Lord, a blessing on it and future things, whether it's online courses or more books, mm. whatever it is, God, and it may not just be in those areas, but I pray a mm. blessing on Tabitha and her sphere of influence. Lord, I thank you for connectors in our life and that you do that. Mm -hmm. So we pray a blessing on sweet Lisa door and we just yes, thank you, Lord. God, that you are using her and that she can just be the one that stays and prays. And we bless that as mm. well, God. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for this time. Mm -hmm. Thank you that you are a real God and you have given real people real stories. And I'm just mm -hmm. grateful for this time in Jesus yes. name. Amen. 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 Oh, I bless you. I know this has been so fun. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace. <laughs>